0: I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, believe it or not, there is a big new movie out this week, and it's right at your fingertips. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I watched a couple of movies this week, including one which I will recommend you do not watch. And Avengers Endgame was trending this week for an inspiring reason, but we begin with a couple of long-running sitcoms saying Goodbye.
1: And We'll start with Modern Family, which came to an end this week.
0: I text, LOL, laugh out loud, OMG, oh my god, WTF, why the face? Oh jeez.
1: I'm Juliana.
0: I have big speed. Yay! Yay!
1: Yay! I'm gonna be the first one to let go.
0: <laughs> it was awful. <laughs>
1: The Modern Family
0: two-hour series finale event, Wednesday on ABC.
1: Okay, so we're recording this Wednesday afternoon because of the long weekend, so we've not yet seen it, but probably by the time you listen to us, it will have been on. Now, if you've recently landed on Earth from a decade-long space voyage and have never heard of the show, Modern Family is a single-camera sitcom about three different types of families, a nuclear family, a step family, and a same-sex family, all related to each other. Big ensemble cast with Ty Burrell as Phil Dunphy, uh, probably the breakout character. Sofia Vergara maybe as the breakout movie star or... Hollywood star, I guess, and a lot of other great actors, including Julie Bowen, Ed O'Neill, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and Eric Stone Street. And then, of course, there are kid actors, which became a liability in some areas later in the run because of the longevity of the show. Kids that are hired to be cute can run out of rope really fast, and I'm not here to rag on kid actors, that's just the reality of Hollywood. Modern Family went ten seasons, racking up many, many Emmys, including a record tying five straight wins for Best Comedy in its first five years. The last five, not so much. I didn't look back to find out the dates or anything, but I bailed about five years into the run. I loved the show at first, but for me it sort of ran out of steam and seemed too repetitious to keep watching. But it was a force, a hit right out of the box, and it stayed that way for a long time at its height in season three averaging about 13 million viewers a week this season. It's about half that, which is par for the course for a show that goes that long, especially in such a changing TV landscape. Back in the day, a show like Cheers or Friends could run 10 or more years and largely keep its audience, but that would be a very tall order these days. I am sort of glad I ditched it because now, someday down the road, I will want to revisit it, and I'll have a ton of new episodes to look forward to.
0: Yeah, with uh, Modern Family, I remember when that first came out. I remember seeing the ads on ABC. And of course, they're going to grab whatever reviews are positive. But the reviews were saying, like, nothing you've seen in years. And this is the best comedy to air on television in a decade. And all this stuff. Then I did some research and I read up various uh, publications and magazines were pointing to Modern Family as being the real deal. Like, you can believe the hype. This is an amazing show. And sure enough, I fell in love with this show Immediately. Like, this was an instant classic, to the point where it wasn't even halfway through the season, and I already gave it, put it on my top ten shows of the decade because I loved it so much. I didn't... I don't want to say I've bailed on it. I'm just behind. I'm way... (laughs) I am fairly far behind. Like, I did not finish... Did I even start last season? I'm not sure. I can't remember now. I either started last season and didn't finish it or started the second last season and didn't finish that. And so I haven't watched any of this current season. I do intend to get to it one day because I loved this show. And even though it, it did get repetitive. You mentioned the word repetitious. Yeah. It did get repetitive, but I don't think it was necessarily bad. I think it was just it no longer felt fresh. It was still good. The writing was still excellent. The stories they were telling were still great. But it just kind of started to feel like the same old, same old. So it's good, I think, that they finally pulled the pin. But what, the fact that it's been 10 years already, like, jeez.
1: Yeah, and I think it'll probably if, if it gets on a Netflix or whatever and have a like a juicy long life on there or whatever streaming things available to it, I, I think that's you know, it's gonna be like so many of these other shows, The Office or whatever, that can just run for another couple of decades just in reruns. People will be into it.
0: Another show came to an end this week. This one on CBC, Shits Creek. Charlie, I love sign-off. Well, spoken, John. That's goodbye in the mother tongue. Okay, well, I'll sign off too, sweetheart. Lots to do, but uh, wishing you an exciting... Okay, yep. Miss you too. She already hung up. Burn, Dad. God, that's so embarrassing. You must feel ridiculous. Have you watched an episode
1: of this show yet? I, no, I watched like the first half of the first episode And I can't even remember what turned me off of it But I, I keep thinking that I should go back and revisit it But yeah, I, I've not seen it I gather it was a bit of a cheer or something on that finale Because, at least according to my Twitter feed It seems like everybody was crying when it got to the end
0: uh, Looks like Modern Family was 11 seasons Pardon me, the 11th season uh, Which was airing this uh, this year um, Shits Creek, I never got around to that What was that, Six seasons? I don't know. I think I think Shit's Creek was. <laughs> I'm six the one seasons. who wrote Modern Family. 1-10 seasons. Okay, I think yeah. It uh, <laughs> I think Shit's Creek was uh, on for six seasons, um, and it was. It's a show that I wanted to watch at the beginning, but just kind of never got around to. And it really gained steam, and it. it it's interesting to see how it was. Absorbed into the United States. I think it ended up on Netflix, and then suddenly it became popular. And it was uh, it aired on something called Pop TV, which is a network I'd never even heard of before Schitt's Creek came along. And if you like, Entertainment Weekly has been going hard on Schitt's Creek for a long time. Like, there's an entire section of their homepage on uh, EW.com. That is devoted entirely to Shit's Creek. It's just article after article after article. It sort of reminds me of when everybody in the States was huge on another Canadian show, Orphan Black, which I think the, the love for that show sort of started to peter out towards the end of it. But with Schitt's Creek, it's just grown, and there, was, there were yeah. campaigns to get Emmy wins. It did get uh, some nominations at the Emmys. Uh, I think Eugene... Is it Eugene Levy or Levy? I always get that one mixed up. Ah, Depends what part of Canada you grew up in, I think. I call him Levy. Okay, Eugene Levy. (laughs) Yeah, he was nominated at the Emmys for Outstanding Lead Actor. The show was nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series. Catherine O'Hara was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress. And uh, it was also nominated for Best Costumes. They they did win one. I remember they won uh, uh, the son. Uh, Dan Levy, he won at the MTV Movie Awards for Best Comedic Performance. So this is a show that I would like to check out too, and that is available on streaming. And I feel real good for Eugene Levy just because
1: I've loved him ever since I was a kid. In whatever I've seen him in, he's always just amazing. So
0: for him to get a win like this later in his career is uh, very justly deserved. Okay. Just want to quickly talk about something that was that I found odd on social media this week. I on Tuesday, I noticed that Avengers Endgame was trending. So I was curious to know why a movie that's been out for over a almost a year was trending on social media. So I went and then I saw that people were posting videos like this. Oh! So that is footage from an opening night screening where people are losing their minds when Captain America first wields Thor's hammer, which was a huge shock. And I even remember my reaction. I think mine was more of a gasp, like I just lost my breath. Yeah,
1: Mine too, and I don't really fully understand why, because I I didn't read any of these comics when I was a kid, so I had no... Sort of inkling that that would happen or could happen or should be that big of a deal. But I guess they planted the seeds pretty good. What was it, back in Age of Ultron or whatever? So when it did happen, I was like,
0: oh my God. Yeah, it was just such a triumphant moment. But more importantly, uh, as I was going through the feed and seeing different, they, the people were posting videos from all sorts of reactions to different scenes in that. And I, I, it. Kevin Feige from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's the big boss of the MCU, he tweeted out, and he hasn't tweeted in a year, but he saw one of these videos, and he retweeted it saying, a nice reminder of what we are all doing together almost exactly one year ago. A nice reminder of what will all be doing together someday again, and that made me cry. And I, I just sat and sifted through other videos while I was crying and watching the various reactions to scenes and seeing other people tweeting about how they're crying in their apartment. And it just kind of I don't know. its just it's funny how we. It's only been like what three weeks, maybe a, not even a month since they shut the movie theaters down. But uh, we're all craving that share those shared experiences, whether it's a concert, a game. In our case, going to the movies. And being able to watch a movie like that, like that was a special movie. Seeing Avengers: Endgame because it was the culmination of what Marvel had been building towards for a decade, and uh, and I think too, going to the movie theater can improve a bad movie. Like you remember Jackass Number Two, not a great, not a great movie. Yeah, I can't imagine. (laughs) Not a great movie, but I saw it in a movie theater, a packed movie theater, and I had an amazing time. We were all laughing together and 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 having fun. So I, when when this is over and movies come back, I need to try to go to more comedies. I think because comedies are the ones that uh, definitely improve when you go see it in a packed theater, right? Oh, absolutely.
1: The two of my very favorite movie-going experiences were for comedies, and just for that reason, that it was just a theater full of people uh, almost like scream laughing in unison in waves, just sustained throughout the whole movie, and that was for Dumb and Dumber and for The Hangover. Both those movies from frame one to The Last Frame just had everyone rolling in the aisles, and I'll, I'll never forget going to those. Another one that was a big deal for me was... And this will come as a surprise to you, maybe. It's one of your favorites is when I went to see Seven in the theater. Oh, yeah? Not knowing what I was getting into. And when my man, who everyone thought was dead, pops up out of that bed, we are sitting right near the back, and I've never seen a whole theater shoot back in their chairs like that and shriek, and that was, that was really something to behold.
0: Yeah. It, it was, well, Seven, I wouldn't call that a scary movie, but movie oh. scares, when they happen in a movie theater, it's... It's so much fun. That's one of the reasons why I like going to see horror movies, because it's fun being in a room full of people who are jumping and screaming and you know, just seeing the various reactions. I find it humorous, but it uh, it just kind of adds and at the same time cuts the tension. So we just wanted to touch on that and acknowledge that uh, Avengers Endgame videos are out there. If you're looking to just be reminded of how special it is to go to the movies, You can do that. And up next, we're going to tell you about a brand new movie that's being released digitally. It's the first time this is happening, and hopefully it doesn't change cinema forever. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. A reminder that I am in the studio. Jeff is... At home, as we continue our physical distancing, our social distancing during this pandemic. And because of this pandemic, for the first time ever, a major theatrical release intended for the movie theater is being released digitally. It's Trolls World Tour. Once upon a time, there were two trolls. They saved the world. Pretty cute, right? Not to me. I'm the type of cloud that goes for this sort of thing. Anywho, what Poppy and Branch didn't know was their world was a lot bigger than they thought. A lot, lot, lot bigger.
1: There are other kinds of trolls. Our ancestors created six streams, each for a different type of music. Rock, country, techno, classical, funk, and hip-hop. Tiny, Tiny. Diamond is my name. straight from my daddy's name. My, my, my body's made of I'll throw it in your place. Peace and love, Tiny and Daddy am
0: So to recap, the first Trolls movie arrived in late 2016, made 350 million worldwide, got decent reviews at 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, and starred Anna Kendrick as the voice of Poppy, the bubbly leader of the Trolls, and Justin Timberlake as her grumpy opponent Branch. Together they head out on an adventure and sing lots of songs along the way. I never saw it, but it looked like good family fun. Now in this new one, they've learned they are, as you heard, but one of six different Troll tribes scattered over different lands and different kinds of music.
1: There's a world full of other trolls. How different can they be? I'm going to unite the six strings. By the end of my world tour, I'm going to turn all the trolls into rock zombies.
0: Rock and roll!
1: Ah! We'll overpower them with Ah! glitter. She wants to destroy us. We need to unite the trolls to save all music. Let's sing them the most important songs in the history of music. This ought to be good. Yo, I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want. So
0: who let the dogs out? You, you suck. suck! I knew it. Who let the dogs out? Too far. So Queen Barb, who is from the rock She's voiced by Rachel Bloom Will be helped by her father Voiced by Ozzy Osbourne To destroy all the other music So Poppy and Branch once again Have to embark on an adventure To save the trolls And save the music It's at 75% on Rotten Tomatoes As of Wednesday when we are recording this It'll be available this weekend On Apple, Google Play, Microsoft Bell, Rogers, Telus, and Shaw Uh, The approximate price I've seen Being thrown around is like 20 bucks So... That's interesting though and this could like if this does well this could fundamentally change how movies are released going forward I'm kind of hoping it doesn't go well because I don't want the movie theater experience to go away Jeff
1: No absolutely and you would sort of think that well yeah I know I guess it's going to depend cuz 20 bucks for a family of 4 for a family movie like this that's a good deal so you'd sort of think that they'd want to get that family back into the theater where it'll cost them, you know, fifty bucks to go see the thing. But, uh, yeah, who knows? I, I guess the price could be a thing that slides up and down. I I'm with you though, man. I hope
0: I hope we get back to theater movies at some point. And hey, there. Is, in terms of what else is coming to home video, there's this. Listen carefully. You are now descending seven miles to the bottom of the ocean. Was that an earthquake? No. Gotta get to the escape pod. How? No. We walk. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen. I don't know what's out there. It's really tough. Underwater.
1: We drilled to the bottom of the ocean and we don't know what came out. What did PT 13? What was that, Jeff? Oof. Oh, it was underwater, and a monster is what came out. It stars Kristen Stewart. They play scientists at this uh, seven-mile-deep underwater lab, and then stuff starts going haywire. And it's the race of their lives. That comes out on digital HD and Blu-ray on Tuesday the 14th. Also out on Blu-ray is the movie called Just Mercy. That's a courtroom drama starring Michael B. Jordan as a lawyer, and Jamie Foxx as a man who's been unfairly put away. And also on digital HD on Tuesday, uh, an action-revenge movie starring Blake Lively called The Rhythm Section and then the Fantasy Island remake with Michael Peña.
0: Up next, Jeff's got a couple of reviews of some movies he watched this week, and he said one of them, not so good. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch
1: Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. I watched a new Netflix movie this week. It's in their daily top ten as we record this on Wednesday, if you believe their top ten. And it's called Coffee and Kareem.
0: Let's do this. He
1: needs to go by a friend's house after school. And he asked that you pick him up. When my mom dated just one guy,
0: we became BFFs. You were BFFs with a grown-ass man. There's literally documentaries on Netflix about why that's so sick. Uh, good talk. All
1: right, I guess I need to explain the title first. I almost thought it was an April Fool's joke they forgot to take down. It's called Coffee and Kareem. Ed Helms plays a cop in Detroit. His name is coffee. He gets roped into a crazy adventure with his girlfriend's son. His name is Kareem. They've clearly chosen the names to make it sound like Coffee and Cream, which is just beyond stupid. So, the premise is this. Coffee the Cop is dating Taraji B. Henson, the mother of Kareem the Kid. Coffee is like this nerdy cop, always by the book, but he's also kind of bad at his job. He lets a guy get away. He's also bullied by this other cop, this lady, played by Betty Gilpin. She's super tough and he's kind of wimpy. There are also some dirty cops in the department that come into play. Kareem the Kid, meantime, thinks he's this tough gangsta type, but he's not. He's just a tough-talking 12-year-old who mouse off to everyone except his mom. He's also not a fan of coffee, horning in on the family dynamic, and he wants to pay to have him hurt, which is weird. That goes bad. Coffee and Kareem find themselves on the run from the bad guys, and it's not a family film. I started watching it kind of hoping it might be. My girlfriend's always asking me about movies on Netflix the kids can watch, and I was hoping this might fit the bill, but there is... So much swearing, F-bombs, right, left, and center, all the way through. And it's violent, and there are drugs, and somehow, though, there's a scene at a strip bar, but there's no nudity. Which begs the question, who is this film for? There's barely enough of a story there for it to be considered like a real proper movie, and the characters are very thinly drawn, but it clearly can't be watched by children either, so I I guess it's just a badly made movie for grown-ups. It's one of these Netflix-made things that feels like it's... It thinks it's earned its viewers just because it's sitting there, and it does just sit there, just this flaccid attempt at comedy where the swear is the punchline because they didn't feel like coming up with actual jokes. I'm sure it will get its viewers, but boy, is no one really trying in this thing except the kid who's probably glad to get a starring role in a movie. I'm glad I didn't pay to see it. I'm a little miffed. I'll never get the whopping 85 minutes back. One and a half, Coach Cushions out of five for coffee and Kareem. Oh man,
0: miss. That's too bad. Because when I watched (laughs) the trailer, I thought that looks kind of fun. Good cast, but I I indeed, even the trailer was wildly obscene. And that's not a complaint. I have no problem with swearing in movies, uh, or even being in trailers. Although it was a little surprise. Usually, you get that kind of warning that this is uh, an R-rated trailer. Uh, So I guess maybe they're trying to be edgy or whatever, and uh, this is a more mature film for the Netflix audiences. But I like that you pointed out that they think they've earned the viewers just because it's on Netflix, and that's the thing that... I've said this before, and I I know I'm just echoing past statements that I've made, but just because it's on Netflix doesn't automatically make it... Good. It just means that Netflix is kind of like the Apple of streaming, right? They're, they're, they're the, the big brand, and uh, it's become part of our vernacular. You know, it's a verb. What are, people don't say, "What are you watching on TV anymore?" It's "What are you binging on Netflix?" Well, I'm not necessarily binging anything on Netflix. For the, most of the TV I watch is on actual television. Although I, I did. I did finish Tiger King, so I'll give you some thoughts on that momentarily. Oh, because you you, <laughs> you watched uh, this crappy movie on Netflix, but you also watched something yep. that I believe you enjoyed, right?
1: Oh, I did enjoy it, and it is fun for the whole family. And you have to rent it. I rented the movie this week, Jumanji, The Next Level. Welcome to Jumanji. Ch- Ch- this is a whole new thing. Nobody said we'd have to do a whole new thing. Players, we're in the wrong body. Did I turn into a small, muscular boy scout? New levels. Not all of you will leave the game alive. This game is so hard. New rules. The game has gone haywire. Oh, you almost killed us, Eddie. Ah. Oh, was that? No nose,
0: well, at least you didn't kill
1: him. Oh. the next level. Ready PG 13. Starring The Rock and Kevin Hart and Karen Gillan and Jack Black and Danny DeVito and Danny Glover and Aquafina and Nick Jonas. We were both late getting to Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. That was a big, huge surprise hit in early 2017. I didn't see it until late 2018 on an airplane, and I enjoyed it immensely. So when my girlfriend's kids said they wanted to watch Jumanji 2... And after I ascertained that they meant this new one, which is actually the third one, but the second of the new batch, I was all in. And like Welcome to the Jungle, the next level doesn't disappoint. It does take a while to get going. A little too long, I thought. But they have to set up the new additions to the cast. Danny DeVito plays the grandfather of the main kid from the last one. He's staying with the kid's family, and he gets paid a visit by Danny Glover, who he used to own a restaurant with. They haven't spoken in years, and has come by to try to make amends. Meantime, in the basement, the main kid's been monkeying around with the Jumanji game. I think they smashed it in the last one and now he's disappeared and his friends soon figure out, oh he must have got sucked into the game and they go in after him and they inadvertently take DeVito and Glover with them that should be the first 5 minutes but it takes like 20. Finally though they are in the game and the fun begins, there are some switcheroos with the avatars this time, DeVito's in the Rock's body and Glover's put into Kevin Hart's and then they all bound from adventure to adventure as they look for their friend and try to win the game again, this level that they're on is different from last time, they're lots of very fun big action set pieces like with a there's a herd of ostriches and swinging bridges and a blimp and all sorts of stuff i I don't remember a lot of the specifics of the last one but i feel like this one is equally as good they're just fun movies which is all they're trying to be the rock especially seems to be enjoying himself and i don't think he's in danger of winning an oscar or anything but the movie weirdly affords him a chance to expand his range last time he was the wimpy cowardly kind of teen in the big man's body, and here he's a senior citizen in The Rock's body. Usually he plays pretty much the same guy in every movie, and he's not going to get a lot of opportunities to play anyone different because of his physical size, so it is refreshing to see him get to do stuff he's never gets to do, and it's a nice little franchise they have going here. I don't know why they would ever have to stop. We all had a blast watching it, so it's definitely a great pick for a family movie, which I'm sure is on the agenda for anyone with kids right now. Four couch cushions out of five for Jumanji The Next Level.
0: Oh. Okay, I'm glad that you give it a solid recommendation because I really, really enjoyed "Welcome to the Jungle." And even in that movie, I found The Rock the, like the the range was subtle, right? Because he played the uh, nerdy kid in uh, that yeah. one, right? So, but he, you can tell that there was that I, I felt like there was a nerdy kid inside that giant muscular body but i've always the rocks always been great like he's always been so charismatic and such a great performer that's why he rose to stardom in the wwe because he is well as he pointed out he is the most electrifying man in sports <laughs> entertainment today and now he's showing his range in acting so i i predict that one day Dwayne The Rock Johnson will win an Oscar, because I think he's got it in really? him. Really? Yeah, he's got oh. it in him. He's got some dramatic chops he, in that Ballers show, which I, actually, i got to finish watching that. I never watched any of the, the last season, but at the end of the second season, he really lays it out there, and uh, I was very impressed with his dramatic work, so I think we'll see more of that. He just uh. needs
1: that one, just that one perfect part, and that one, one director to recognize that he'd Belongs in the park.
0: But in the meantime, I'm sure he's just just fine with making the monies (laughs) as the big action guy. Okay, speaking of action buy the baby oil. (laughs) Nope, that's right. So we can oil up those big (laughs) muscles. Just gotta quickly revisit one more time Tiger King. It's not every day that a zookeeper went to prison for murder for hire.
1: There are more captive tigers in the US than there are in the wild throughout the world. know, people are nuts,
0: man. They're all crazy. Tiger King, murder, mayhem, and madness. I know we've talked about this a lot the last couple of weeks on Netflix. Jeff, you watched it first. I just finished it this yep. week. And we're bringing it up again because there is purportedly and by the time you listen to this it may have already been may have already arrived but there is supposedly another episode of tiger king that is coming at least that's what jeff lowe said and he's one of the guys in the show he's the go ahead
1: yeah i just don't trust that guy as far uh, like he said that and i was like well he's a terrible source on this because all he does is lie throughout that whole show anyways
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. When I saw who it was, <laughs> Jeff Lowe, he's the he ends up being the owner of Joe Exotics Zoo. But I'll tell you 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 said it, I listened to you say it and it wasn't that I didn't believe it. I just don't think I don't think anything can quite prepare you for Tiger King and for the insane, <laughs> insane cast of characters. When, and you hit it bang on. Every time you think you've seen it all, boom, and along comes a, a crazier person than the last one. <laughs> and the twists and turns of this story are beyond, oh, I think, imagination. There's they no- are.
1: I had the, it occurred to me when I got near the end, I was like, each episode of this show could be, like in a fictional world, a full-length season of any other show. That's how much weird stuff is crammed into each episode.
0: I concur, yeah. It was just... I, I, I sat there the last two episodes, couldn't believe what I was watching, and I'm glad that in the end, somebody finally pointed out, everyone's forgotten what this is all about. This is about the welfare of these big cats, and then they pointed out that there are between five and 10,000 tigers in captivity in the United States alone. Yeah. And there are only 4,000 of them that are roaming the world free. So that's just disgusting. So good for Netflix for putting this together. I mean, I don't think any... I don't think Netflix expected Tiger King would be its next viral sensation, but at last report it was still the number one thing people were watching on Netflix. So if you like good documentaries, if you like entertaining stuff, if you like crazy stuff... <laughs> Check out the Tiger King, because it will blow your mind. Up next, oh boy, I haven't gotten to say little fuckers on the radio in a long time. We'll explain why next. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes.
1: Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. I saw a couple of old movies this week. I sort of cleaned up a few trilogies. We're going to start with a movie called Little Fockers. On December twenty-second. Always been a patriarch to lead our family. So I ask you, are you prepared to be the Godfucker?
0: Yes, I want it. When the torch gets passed. You're the turkey cover now, Greg.
1: Someone will get burned. I'm watching you. I have eyes
0: too, so I'll be watching you. Watching me. Little fuckers. Are you having a hard time sleeping? Yeah. Henry? Shh. He's gonna wake up feeling so refreshed. Rated PG 13.
1: Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I think Meet the Parents is probably one of the five best comedies of the last 20 years, for real. It doesn't get a lot of credit, uh, frankly, I think because it's mostly a family movie. Maybe not for little kids, but it's not edgy at all or something you'd be embarrassed to sit through with your grandma. It's clean, wholesome fun. It's devastatingly funny with a put-upon Ben Stiller, who keeps digging a deeper hole with his potential in-laws the harder he tries to impress them. And Meet the Parents was a big hit, so, of course, there were sequels. The second one was Meet the Fockers. I've seen it once. I have no recollection what it's about, although I think there was a tricked-out motorhome in it. And then there was a third movie in 2010 called Little Fockers. I never saw it until this week. It's at 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's not as dire as it sounds, though. To be clear, it's nowhere near as good as Meet the Parents, but I found it harmless enough. It's kind of dumb, and the manufactured situations feel much more manufactured than in Meet the Parents. Stiller, again, falls under the suspicion of his wife's father, played by Robert De Niro, who thinks Stiller is having an affair. He's not, of course, but he gets in some weird situations that are innocent but hard to explain. There are kids in this one, as the title implies, but they're not really the focus of the movie, and at the end, you are left wondering why they titled the movie that way Except that, of course, everybody likes to say Fockers I will say that for a movie that was on cable That I recorded on a whim and had on While I was laying on my couch on a Saturday afternoon It fit the bill pretty good It's a comfort movie that you can just let wash over you Without having to get super involved with And there are a few chuckles So two and a half couch cushions out of five For Little Fockers, Brett Have you seen it?
0: Little little Fockers or Meet the Fockers? Little Fockers Oh uh the oh! This is the one. third one. Pardon me. Yeah, uh, no. I know it's confusing. No, I I, I don't <laughs> think I did ever see this one. Um, I remember when Meet the Fockers came out. I because that was a number one hit. Uh, I put that in every newscast I could. <laughs> <laughs> Checking, when I was reading the weekend news, I always did Sunday night shift, and I would read Meet the Fockers box office results every time, just so I could. Uh, Put it on the news because yeah. i'm a child
1: oh why not and it's from the first movie it's a hilarious joke it's a top 10 character name of all time Greg Fokker. So, yeah, so there's that one. That one's not bad. Also from the Comfort Movie File, I watched Bridget Jones's Baby, which I had actually not seen before either. So, I'd seen the other two. They were enjoyable enough, and I thought Bridget Jones 3 was coming up on my TV Guide, and I hit record. I do that a lot. I don't always end up watching whatever I record. But I was in the mood for something light one Sunday, and away I went. So, in these movies, you have Renee Zellweger playing a British lady. I don't know what the consensus is on her accent, but it's not the sort of thing I would do in front of of the queen if I were her, but it's perfectly fine for the matter at hand. She plays a single lady, juggling various loves in her life. Usually it's Colin Firth and Hugh Grant. She's awkward and clumsy, but sweet and strong when it counts. In this one, she's thrown into the sitcom situation of knocking boots with two different men in a very short time span, getting pregnant, and not knowing who the father is. Firth is one of those men, and Patrick Dempsey of Grey's Anatomy fame is the other. She also spent some time lying to them, telling each of them that they are the father, which, of course, Makes it worse And as funny as that may be in a movie That's a pretty horrible Thing to do to someone But movies are full of fun And full of stuff That's fun on screen But horrible in real life Just look at John Wick So she goes through all that Plus the subplot With the crazy boss Yada 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 The baby is born in the end I won't spoil who the dad is It's pretty entertaining All told Worth a watch If you've not seen it And in fact If you're looking for A fun marathon Of something lighter in tone Why not watch all three Over three nights Three and a half Couch cushions out of five For Bridget Jones's baby
0: Wow Look at that she yeah. lied to both of them. That is <laughs> <It> was, awful. <laughs>
1: I, just, I was watching. I was like, "You can't do that. That's not even a little bit okay. That's bizarre."
0: Hey, just a quick heads up that a lot of your favorite TV shows are coming to their season finales because they're they had to cut seasons short. So if right. your show ends, and it just feels like a weird spot to end. That's because they didn't really have any choice. NBC, for example, ending all of the Chicago shows early. Supernatural, God knows when that's going to come back. That's one of my favorite shows. So, in case you're seeing your shows disappearing, that's because they had to halt production, and uh, they just decided to call it until they can get back to work. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brett. he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes, and remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother